sometimes there's some kids that really like to take baths. But a lot of times, kids don't want to be told to go take a bath. Now, if you don't believe me, you can ask another parent, or maybe you've experienced it yourself. But often it's like uh, kids want to take a bath, they, they like it, or they don't like it. There's usually not an in-between. Uh, maybe it's because we don't like to be told what to do. But I don't know, as, as an adult, I remember, you know, as a kid, I was, I was not wanting to take a bath all the time, just like all the other kids I know. Not wanting to take baths. But as an adult, I realized that sometimes, I, and I got this more from other people, that they would, they would say, hey, I'm going to go take a bath. Like, no, you mean a shower, right? No, no a bath. I'm going to go relax. I'm going to go enjoy nice water and just have some downtime. And baths can be a way that you can just soak and enjoy some downtime. Enjoy some time to yourself. Enjoy some time to think and pray. And today we're going to be looking at how the Bible is a way that we can soak up God. We can soak up His Word. And, and I know we have this New Testament challenge that's starting today. And I'm excited that many of you have signed up on the bulletin board or you've jumped in on the Bible app or the Facebook group. If you're interested in still joining, please talk to me. Please talk to someone else that has their name on the board. We'd love to get you started. We are reading through, starting today, the New Testament all the way through the end of the year. So we have 92 days and 92 days of going through in a chronological reading plan. So we're not just going through Matthew right now. We're going through the first chapter of Luke and the first chapter of John. And then tomorrow we're going to be going through different uh, chapters also. Uh, I'm really excited about it. I hope you guys are too. This is a chance that we can uh, read together, that we can grow together, that we can learn together from the Lord while we read the same passages. And hopefully we have these experiences of, of meeting with God. And as there's a resource called the Bible Recap, and in the Bible Recap... I mentioned this uh, before, but in the Bible recap, we have um, a book or a podcast or a YouTube video that you can watch, and the, and the, the lady here, Terry Lee Cobble, gives you some things that you can learn, things that you've heard about uh, from, from your reading that day. Uh, and so I encourage you guys to jump into that too, but more important than the Bible recap, of course, is the Bible itself. So let's be reading the Bible. So I want to encourage you to be jumping in, reading the Bible, soaking in the Bible, reading the Bible. And today as we uh, do that, we're going to be looking at the book of Joshua. Just a few verses in the book of Joshua. So if we can turn to Joshua chapter 1, and we're going to look at a few verses here about God's Word. So Joshua, in the Old Testament, um, Joshua was the new leader of the Israelites. After Moses had led the Israelites out of Egypt, 40 years they had been wandering in the wilderness, and because of a sin, Moses was not able to go to the promised land. And so now Joshua has been uh, given this leadership. And Joshua, um, he was a very faithful man. He had learned a lot from Moses. One of the things he learned a lot from Moses was he learned that Moses trusted in the Lord. And and taking on this big task of leading people was he needed to trust the Lord. And so let's look at this in uh, verse 7. Joshua 1, verse 7, it says, Be strong 
and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from the right or to the left so that you may be successful wherever you go. So the Lord is talking here to Joshua. If you want to be successful wherever you go, if you want to, to do what I am calling you to do and lead these people, he was telling him, then you need to be strong and courageous. The way you're going to be strong and courageous is to be careful to obey. Careful to obey what? Well, God, can't you just tell me along the way? Yes, he could, and he does. But he wants, he wants us, he wants Joshua, and then therefore us also, he wants us to obey the law. And here, the law is, that he's talking about here is the law that Moses wrote down. That's the five, first five books of the Bible. So he's saying, obey the law. And if, you need, if you're going to obey the law, he says, don't even turn from the left or the right. Keep on that straight path of obeying. So I know obedience is, is kind of, it can be a hard thing, right? It's not something that we like to do. It's like we don't like to be like told we have to do this or that. Especially I know as kids, we don't, they don't like to be told. But strength and bravery are necessary to obey. And, and it's really a heart of, of sacrifice, the heart of being a living sacrifice for, for God. Okay, God, if this is what you want, I will do it. You know, we can study. And we can know, we can learn the Bible. And, and we need to learn the Bible. And we need to study the Bible. If we're, we're going to not turn from the right or left of it, we need to know it. We need to see what the Bible's about. You know, and so we need to obey the Word. That's the first idea today is to obey the Word. You know, when you're driving down the road, unless it's this road out in the country, or country roads, most roads have some lines on them, right? And the lines are to help you know some things, uh, but really the main thing that's going to help you to do is to stay, stay in the middle of your lane. You don't go to the right be out in the field or the left and hit oncoming traffic. You stay in your lane. Someone, someone once said that you have to stay between the mustard and the mayonnaise because they're yellow and white lines. Stay between those lines and you'll be good. Don't go to the right or the left. So God wants us to obey His Word. And if we're to obey His Word, do we, do we know the Bible? Don't we need to know the Bible to obey it? So what is the Bible all about? I, I love this video that we just watched pointing us to the cross, pointing us to what is the Bible all about. It's a unified story. And the Bible, I have a few slides on here, but the Bible, just to recap, uh, the Bible is a unified story. And in the Bible, we see in the Old Testament, there's a few pieces here. We have creation and they have a, this royal task. Humanity is, has this opportunity to be in charge of naming all the animals and, and ruling over creation. But there's this problem that we see right away in the third chapter of the Bible that, that people took, they wanted their own way instead of God's way. And so there's this, this rebellion and this fallout. And we are still dealing with this fallout of the sin that they made, but it's sin that we have too. And so then the rest of the Bible is all trying to resolve this sin. You know, in Genesis 12, we see this, God calls this man named Abram, 
to lead this nation. And he chooses, he makes this covenant with this, this people of Israel. And he, he chooses to bless Israel and then through Israel bless the nations. But Israel had a very royal failure. They did not do what God was wanting them to do. They did not bless the nations. And in fact, they had kings that were doing what they wanted to do and hurting the people and not helping the people. Finally, because of all the rebellion, God sent them into exile. And so where's God in the exile? Where is God when they were in when they were being taken captive and led away, there was prophets that were predicting and, and foretelling this, this talk about a Messiah that was coming. And so you can read in the Old Testament about this Messiah that is going to come and save. But then in the New Testament, the people were trying to understand who this Messiah is. And they had some, some bad ideas of who the kingdom of God was going to belong to and who this Messiah would be. So in the New Testament, we see that Jesus can't, comes on the scene. And Jesus is the Messiah, the perfect Lamb of God. He's the one that instead of came, coming in and defeating the Romans and taking control, he has a different way. His way is a way of love and sacrifice. His way is a way of serving and forgiving and showing people that he came to seek and save the lost. His, his way is spreading the kingdom of God so people can know about who God is and that we can have life in Him. And so then, when Jesus died, and He died for our sins, He rose from the dead, and then His, his task as followers, that includes us, in spreading this good news, this mission of God. And then the Bible ends with this return. So the rest of the New Testament is all about spreading the good news. And, and then the, the Bible ends with this letter called Revelation, and it's the return of the king. And what is, how is Jesus going to be taking all authority and all power, his dominion, forever and ever? And so the Bible, it points us to Jesus. It points us to a creator God. It points us to a God who's holy, and he lovingly chose to rescue the people instead of getting what we deserve. And so when we read the Bible, I pray that we are reading the Bible in a way that's not just like we're trying to get some facts and some information, but we're reading it with this eyes, the eyes and this posture of, God, show me who you are. God, show me how I can live for you, how I can trust you, how I can know you. And so that's, that's my prayer as we read the Bible, as we go through this New Testament challenge, whether you're in the New Testament, or you're reading other things, but that you would be in the Word of God, that you would be understanding who God is through the story. So are you careful to obey the, the Word of God? Are you careful to not go from the, to the right or the left, but stay in that lane where God wants us? It's really hard. It's not, we're not going to be able to do that on our own. We need the Lord's guidance. We need the Lord's Spirit. And that's what reading the Bible is going to help us, to know God and to be informed and directed by him, like we talked about last week. The next part of this verse here uh, in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 is a very common verse. I think uh, I've heard this a lot in sermons and different things in my life, but it says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Are we keeping the word of God always on our lips? Are we talking, are we proclaiming the word of God so if it's coming out of our lips, God says to meditate on it day and night. 
we're meditating on God's word, we're growing in love with the creator, the creator and the one true God. We're meditating on what he says, meditating on who he is. And when we are meditating, guess what? We are going to be proclaiming because out of the heart flows the mouth speaks. We are going to be proclaiming the goodness of God. So keep this book of the law always in your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Can you be careful to do everything written in the Bible? That's what God's commanding to Joshua. Be careful to do everything written in the Bible. Live according to my way. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. I know we want to just get to the then you'll be prosperous and successful part, but we need to be meditating on God's Word. We need to be loving and seeking Him, proclaiming Him. We need to value God's Word, treasuring His words. When we value the Word, which is our second idea today, we value the Word, we are encountering the author. The author gives us life. He gives us direction. How do we make this a priority? You know, we talked about this a few, a few times. How can we make it a priority that we're going to be reading the Bible? I know it's easy, especially for a six-year-old, to say that we are going to be too tired and we won't be able to do it. But that's actually likely to happen. It's likely that we're going to be too tired. But it's if we're just trying to do it because we think it's a good idea. But if we really encounter the author and we really value his words and his words are life, we're going to value the Bible in a different way. We're going to make this a priority. In the back of your sermon notes today, there's a, there's a resource about how we can, um, by the Bible recap, how to make a priority or quiet time structure. And this is just an idea. This is not um, what you have to do or anything. This is just a resource. Um, how you can be in the Word. We talked about this a few weeks ago too in, the, in this uh, idea that the Word of God, that we are hungry and thirsting for the Word of God. And the Word of God, we, can, we saw in Psalm 1 this idea of a, this tree that's planted by streams of water. And why is the tree planted by streams of water? It's so that the, the roots can soak up its nourishment. The, the roots are going to soak up its nourishment and the roots are going to grow and give life to the tree. Now, this isn't a tree. This is a big sponge that I borrowed from Angie. And this sponge can hold a lot of things. Right now, this sponge is not holding anything unless you want to say air, I guess. Uh, it's not holding anything. You can squeeze it. Nothing's in it. Now, if this sponge wants to hold water, what would be a good idea of how this sponge could hold water? What do you guys think? Yeah, Emily? Put it in the water, okay. So right here. Put it in the water. Oh, on it, okay. Put it on the water. Oh, you need to open, you need to open it like this. And we need to stick it in. Okay, let's see, it. let's see this. Submerge it in the water. Okay, 
Now, when, when this sponge is submerging in the water, notice it's getting really wet. <laughs> it's soaking in the water. Now, when it was out of the water, it could have said, well, I want to soak in the water, but I don't really want to get wet. I don't really want to have to take the work of taking off the lid or take, getting in. I don't want to, and that's a lot of work. That's a lot of, I don't know if I can do that. I, well, maybe if I just stand over here really close to it, maybe then I'll be able to soak in and know about this water, and this water will help me. But only when we're in the water, we're going to be able to then hold a whole bunch of water. And guess what? When we're holding a whole bunch of water, this sponge is just leaking out. It, it can't even help it. It's just leaking out water. When we go around our world and we have ourselves full of God, full of His love, full of the Word of God, we can't even help it. It just leaks out. And then when we're in a hard situation and we're kind of getting pressed, more of God's Word is soaking out. More and more is coming out. And even when we are pressed so hard, it's still pretty wet. It's still pretty wet, but it needs some more soaking. And I do this so we can think about this idea that if we're valuing God's Word, then we are going to get in it. If we really want to know God and we want to be filled by His living water, we want to know Him, then let's soak in His water. But guess what? God doesn't call us to stay soaking up all the time. He calls us to get out and go tell people about Him. To go show people His goodness, His living water. Not just to stay in soaking in all the time. But that's why Joshua, in this verse, is saying we're going to meditate on His Word day and night. He's not saying you're stuck, you're in the water all the time. He's saying all the time you're thinking about God's Word. You're being consumed by God's Word. You're valuing God's Word. So are we valuing God's Word? Are we soaking up God? Are we soaking up what He says? Are we soaking up what He values? Are we living a life that is showing people that even if we're not trying to tell them all about Jesus all the time, that we that people see there's something different about us. There's something that's leaking out of us that's just showing us that we're different, that we have God's love pouring out of us. And when we want to pour out to people, we have this opportunity that we can pour out and show people God's love. I know the illustration breaks down somewhere, but I think that's a probably a good place to stop. So are we showing value to God's Word? Do we crave this water, this living water that God gives us through, him, through Himself and through His Word? We're going to look in the next part of Joshua 1 here while I dry my fingers off. And Joshua 1, 9 is also maybe a common verse. It says, Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous. Jesus, God keeps telling Joshua, be strong and courageous. And he says, do not be afraid. 
do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Wherever you go, you have God. If you are soaking in His Word, if you are meditating on His Word day and night, if you are seeking the Lord with all your heart, you're going to have God wherever you are. And actually, I should say this, you're going to have God either way, but you're going to know and experience the author of this book. You're going to value the author of this book. And you're going to also then, you're going to live the Word. You're going to live out what the Word is telling you. Like Joshua, he's to live out the Word by, by going and showing the people that he is strong in the Lord. He is courageous. Not because he's a strong and courageous man. Maybe we aren't really that strong and courageous, but because we are soaking in the Word, then we can have purpose. We can know that God is going to use us to be strong and courageous wherever He wants us to go. So, we're, so I encourage you to live the Word. You know, last week we said that those who choose to live in God's Word enjoy blessings from Him. You're going to have blessings by living in His Word. You know, I know many of us are familiar with uh, C.S. Lewis's um, The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe book. I know there's also a movie. Uh, but the, in this movie, and book, sorry, uh, there's this really strong image of this wardrobe. Now, there's a picture of what it could have been here. And this wardrobe, these, these kids, Peter, Susan, Edmund, and of course Lucy, our favorite in our house, they enter a whole new world where there's a king named Aslan, and he's a lion. And in this story, as the story unfolds, we realize that, that Aslan represents Christ. And he's a picture of the God incarnate. One day, um, this is a quote uh, by the... American Bible Society article there. And they said one day, this, this author said that they, it, they realized that the Bible is like the wardrobe. The Bible is like this wardrobe where they enter a whole new world. Think about it. If our main focus of reading the Bible is relational, that is to get to know the heart and the mind and the presence of God every day, then we enter it with a whole new world where God is alive, where God is on the move, like in Narnia. But if our focus, our main focus, is only about information, just getting more out of this book, to, to know more, to, to know the Bible facts, to gain more Bible knowledge, those aren't bad things, but I hope that's not our focus, then eventually we will find ourselves in a frozen world where scripture reading no longer feels like a living experience. And in Narnia, in, that, in this story, the world is frozen. It's always winter, but never Christmas. And it's just a sad, sad place. So this, this uh, quote says, what's the main reason to read the Bible? Not to become a Bible know-it-all. Rather, to draw closer to its author. Meeting God in the Bible is what makes the Christian life and all of life come alive. Are we coming alive because we know the Bible? Because we know the author of the Bible? 
Because we obey the Bible. Because we value the Bible. Are we living the Bible? Is that giving us life? What occupies your thoughts? What occupies your, your, your mind when, you're just, when you have a, a moment? Maybe when you're taking a bath. Maybe when you're, when you're about to get up in the morning or, or you're laying down at night or you're, you're having a quick lunch break. What occupies your thoughts? What are you thinking about? Are you thinking about your worries? What's going to happen next? Maybe something exciting like when's the next uh, vacation or, or next time you get to do something that's really fun. What are you thinking about? Because what God wants us to think about, and I'm not saying thinking about fun things in the future is wrong. I, I think worrying is wrong. But God wants us to dwell on Him, to soak in Him. He wants us to be meditating day and night on Him and let Him be the filter of what we think about. So our main idea today is those who soak in His Word live courageously and with and for the Lord. So Joshua was not going to be courageous if he didn't have the Lord. We are not going to be courageous and do what God wants us to do on our own, but with the Lord. You know, if you've joined the New Testament Challenge or you're, maybe you're regularly reading the Bible, are you, are you soaking in His Word? Are you meditating on His Word day and night? And I'm not saying that in a, if you're not, like, bad job. But this is a, a life-giving opportunity that God gives us a chance to soak in His Word, to know Him, to trust Him, to see God's character and His goodness, to experience God as a, in a relational way, not just a religious way. But maybe you're not wanting to read the Bible. Maybe you're, the Bible is something that's, uh, that you keep on the shelf or on your Bible app, but you don't open. Let me encourage you. Are you willing to ask the Lord to show you, to give you this hunger and this thirst for Him and His Word? Because He will. He will give you a hunger and thirst to know Him and His Word. That's my hope and prayer is that we know the author, that we, that we soak in His words, that we live courageously, not just for the Lord, but with the Lord in His presence, and that we would meditate on His word day and night. So we would be careful to, to do everything written in it. And we wouldn't go to the left or the right, but we would obey God's word. We would value His word. And that we would live out His Word. Not, uh, not just in living it out as much as I can do, but living it out being soaked in His Word. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank You that You give us Yourself. That You give us a chance to live courageously with and for You. God, I pray that each of us over these next three months especially, whether we are going to be reading the New Testament or, we're, or picking up the Bible in other areas, God, I pray that you would give us your life, 
that you would impart not just knowledge, but that you would open up our life to a whole new world where everything is alive, where we can see you on the move, where we can see that you are good and that you give us not just, not just that we're alive, but we, that we come alive for you. Jesus, we thank you for the, the way that you reach into each of our lives and that you give us a chance to know you. So Lord, we just pray a blessing over this, this New Testament challenge as we're jumping in today. God, I pray that, that many would, would come into unity with you and unity with each other as we seek to obey your word and to value your word and to live according to your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.